0: I feel like I've come to this after talking about finding your way for so many years and trying different things myself, you know, and and who knows what will stick, but for right now, I feel very, very settled. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 74. In this episode, I'm joined by Kim Edson to reflect on the past month and explore what's new for July. This is our monthly peek behind the scenes at Simple Scrapper. And in this episode, Kim also puts me in the hot seat as this month's featured artist. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to give you an invitation to follow me on Instagram. It's at Simple Scrapper. I'm doing a live video series all week long, sharing the five steps in my new free guide for travel scrapbooking. All right, now on to my conversation with Kim. Hey, Kim, how are you? I am doing well. And yourself? I am very well, indeed. Uh, excited to have some nice sunshine out there, uh, though it's getting really hot here now. We have hit the humidity. It feels more
1: like late July than late, well, I guess it's early July now, but the last like week or so. It has been hot and we could use some rain. So yes, I will. Summer has hit here for sure. Well, and
0: it's like, what month, day, week is it anymore? <laughs> it's all kind I, of a
1: blur. It Yes. And I will say, um, one benefit of the whole COVID situation, um, is my garden is doing probably the best it's ever done. So apparently following all the recommended, you know, weeding and mulching and watering and fertilizing, like that pays off.
0: So, um, that's so awesome. I'm, I have so much, um, admiration for the avid gardeners and those who like take the time and read all the instructions and know like what to do. We just had this big conversation about our lilac bush. Uh yeah. it's in the front of our house. And so my husband wanted to like shape it like he would any other shrub. And I'm like, I think you're supposed to like cut a third of it back every year. Yeah. So the blooms like you don't take off all the blooms for next year. Yeah. And then the timing of pruning and there's different kinds of lilacs. There's
1: Like, your common lilac is a French lilac. And then we also have, I think it's a Korean lilac.
0: Ours definitely is more of a shrub than more of, like, a woody, like, tree. It's not leggy mm -hmm. at all. Okay. Because
1: my French lilacs, they sucker. So they send out all these little shoots, which are kind of, you have to keep them tidy. But the Korean lilac is just it is like my husband's favorite shrub. We just planted a new one this year because it's just so tidy. It got it's like a one, one show wonder. Like for like a week or so in May, at its like maximum, yeah. it is amazing. And then you know the rest of the year, it's a nice shrub. So
0: nothing fancy. It's nice though that it's yeah I, I appreciate that. And when it is blooming, I love the scent. It's amazing. Oh, lilac is a favorite of mine. Yeah. And I will
1: say um it is so much trial and error. My dad is a big gardener and so is my father-in-law, but as a kid, I would help with the planting and I was, I'm like a champion weeder. Cause that was always, you know, my summer chore was, you know, go weed the strawberry bed. Um, but as far as like the actual management of it is, you know, the thinning and all those things, I, I don't, was not really involved in it, I guess, cause I don't have a lot of recollection of it. So it's been just a lot of plant something and you kind of see what happens but over the years it has evolved
0: so I'm curious I'm so curious do you you, do you like have like a book a planner or use Trello or like something where you're like keeping track of everything or is it just like you go outside and you do stuff
1: um no I have a traveler's notebook that like a few years ago I did one on a trip and it was a multi-pack I think there was like three or four in the pack and So I did the one on the trip and I didn't really think I wanted to use that for memory keeping anymore. So one of those became one of my extras became kind of like my gardening journal. So I do try to track from year to year, like when did we plant this or what varieties did we plant? Or, um, we have Japanese beetles the past few years and they like to eat a lot of things. So we kind of track like, okay, what time, you know, like they showed up last week. What time was it last year? So I do kind of track what, happens from year to year or what we do. And like when we harvest things, but as far as like how to care for plants, I will make notes if it's a perennial type plant mm-hmm. in that book. Um, and then if it's like a seed, you know, from year to year, that just kind of depends on which one you buy. But for the most part, there's kind of, they like the same thing. So I just keep the seed packets and then, you know, it'll say like when, you know, your kohlrabi are two inches tall, side dress with fertilizer. So then this year I was actually paying enough attention to actually do those things. Whereas in the past, I would, I liked the part of the planning and the planting, but not always the maintenance. Oh, yeah. It is something that you want to kind of stay on top of. Otherwise, it would just get to be a mess. I'd go in and do like a big weeding session and just salvage what we could. And it was fine. I mean, we've done it that way for years, but um, I definitely see the advantage of kind of ongoing management, let's say. <laughs> That's,
0: I can see why, why that pays off. So you just feel like the the ex, the little bit of extra mental space and time at home has given you that opportunity to just really be present for your plants.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, and a lot of times, I mean, for the most part, we're homebodies anyways. But, you know, we would travel or go visit friends or family or we'd go spend the day at the pool. And then by the time I would get home and, you know, if you're traveling, then you're unpacking and laundry and figuring out groceries. And I would just be tired. And so... I was less apt, I think, to wander out there and see what was going on. Whereas now, I mean, most days or at least some point I'm out there, especially now because we're harvesting things like we're kind of getting into that. So um, you kind of see what's ready. And when you're out there, pull a few things. So for sure, that's made a difference.
0: That's so fun. So I'm kind of on the other end of that. Uh, yeah. My harvest comes from the grocery store. Um, but I've been enjoying more meal prep these days. And I've always been very resistant to it because there's very few things that I'm willing to eat day after day. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those exceptions is breakfast burritos. So I meal prepped like nine breakfast burritos last weekend. And I've eaten one every single morning. And it's just it just shaves that little bit of time off of, you know feeding our family because I just felt like I was been spending so much time cooking three meals a day or you know throw throwing food at my daughter trying to get her to eat these days she's so distracted she's like oh yeah I guess I didn't eat so I'm trying to like force her to sit down and eat something but just anything to take a little bit of time off of it and You know, and I understand that's why people meal prep normally when they're leaving the home. But right now, it seems like I need that extra time so that I can get back upstairs and get some work done.
1: So, my meal prep thing has always been because I've tried it,
0: I don't know, a handful
1: of times, not even, but I would run out of pans to try to like prepare everything at the same time because I'm not used to, you know, cooking four meals in one time. So, I'd be like washing
0: all these pans in between, and it just seemed
1: Like maybe I should have planned that
0: better. So yeah. And so I've struggled because sometimes I would do like a big batch of something, but then I can't eat the same like soup four days in a row. I would get so Mm -hmm. frustrated and I want that variety. And so I actually uh, started getting Blue Aprons meal prep kits. So it's similar to any of those other meal meal kits that we've talked about where everything comes to you like pre-portioned. Except they make this so easy, and I'm I'm learning so much about how to do me- how to do meal prep without using so many pans. Okay, so, so yeah, there's some sort of like matrix to apply to. There it for sure. is. It's totally like a mix and match type of thing. So there's four recipes and two servings each, but there's only two proteins. And this box this week was like their signature one. And so it had like a starch in it too. So there's two proteins and two starches and like two different vegetable groupings. And then so you mix and match these for the eight different sorry, for the four different meals. Okay. But eight servings. Yeah. Yeah. But eight servings. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been like really eye opening. And I'm already kind of like taking notes for how I can apply this in the future because I've never, I've never approached it that way. I would have like found recipes and bought all the stuff for the four recipes and not think about, well, I can use rice in these two and noodles in these two, or use these, these vegetables in all four. Yeah.
1: And so it's just so helpful. Yeah. No, that is smart. Cause I did exactly what you said. I'm like, okay, we're going to have, you know, these four things and I'm going to prepare them all. That did not work very well. Yeah. Um, I listened to this morning, the lazy genius podcast. She uh-huh. just had an episode recently on summer meal planning that how she approached it with the whole idea of, it wasn't so much the meal prep side of things, so it probably wouldn't help you, but she did talk a little bit well, like breakfast, but the idea of like limiting your choices basically, which is something we go back to time and time again, right? Oh, to sure. just make it feel less overwhelming. But so you might have a category that's pasta. And you have like three or four recipes that are pasta recipes, and then you just like plug those in over like a you know two-week period. So then over you basically can just like repeat your meal matrix, essentially. So it would be like pasta dish, instant pot dish, pizza wrap, like and then you just repeat. So
0: I we've thought been that trying to like figure to out like if we were gonna have like every, you know, like taco Tuesday or whatever and like whatever variation on that. Mm -hmm. problem is is I like to have taco Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Like, I'm, like, all Mexican all the time, which is hence the breakfast burritos. And I, like, I've already gone through half a bottle of hot sauce just this week. Wow. Um, I don't know. I'm crazy.
1: (laughs) No. I think it's a – I think that is a valid, valid point. I think a lot of people like their hot sauce, so (laughs) –
0: Anyway, so I want to give uh, Jen Chapin credit. She's been on the podcast, so she's a scrapbooker, but she's really big uh, on YouTube for her meal, pre- meal prep and meal planning videos. She always shares her grocery hauls and just a lot about like family lifestyle and getting ready for the week ahead. And I don't really watch any other channels like hers, but I love her, and she's the one that first tried this Blue Apron meal kit meal prep kit and inspired me to try it for myself. And I'm actually having these meals. It feels a little bougie, but I'm having them for lunch because it's, you know, my family doesn't like vegetables and different flavors as much as I do. And so we're eating super simple at dinnertime, which my family is perfectly happy with and actually enjoys more than when I try to throw in some variety. Mm -hmm. And then I get my variety at lunchtime. I think that's genius. Yeah. Keeps everybody happy. That's that's the whole goal right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, transitioning to scrapbooking. What is exciting you right now in your creative world? Okay, well, I will just quick do two things because I had one to talk about, which is, have you seen this chapters line or concept from Heidi Swap? I have. And I actually was trying to find it the other day and I couldn't like I couldn't I couldn't find it. But tell me more. Okay, so I struggled to understand what it was.
1: I think I saw some of the products on – oh, it was one of our recent featured artists. Now I don't remember which one it was. But they had used these products. And I'm like, well, those are really cute. And I kind of tracked them down. And I found that they were from this chapters line from by Heidi Swap, But I could not figure out what it was. And I was talking about it with some members on a Zoom event recently. And they told me to go check out Heidi's YouTube channel. And she has videos that kind of give you an overview. So basically – it reminds me a lot of a kind of a bigger traveler's notebook. It's more like, I think, 8 by 10-ish size. And then instead of going in the cover with like an elastic holder, there are these almost like metal spine things that you would clip the books into the bigger binder.
0: And yes, then yes. So then the
1: books become your chapters of like the bigger story. I am really attracted to the size of this. That's my thing with Traveler's Notebook is I th- they were too small for me, um, or at least for the project that I used it for. So that I found frustrating. So that's why I really thought this 8x10 size was – I mean, I usually do 85 by 11 so this isn't too much of a stretch for me. And I l- liked that concept of each book being – I suppose it depends on what story you're telling or what project you're using it for, but the idea of each story – each little book is like its own chapter as part of a bigger story. I thought that was really smart. I like that
0: concept. And it looks like she's got like three different types of chapter books. One that's like more planner oriented, especially if you're doing like more memory planning and then one that's more traditional scrapbooking. And I think one journaling. Cool. I like that. And that's
1: where I think I got confused because I'm like, well, I want to use them on scrapbooking, but maybe I want to use the journaling products on scrapbooking. So I couldn't, and sometimes, you know, if you're just, just looking at previews online, it's hard to see, like, what exactly it is. So um, I will send you a link for her videos on YouTube that kind of
0: give you a better feel for it. Awesome. Her stuff is always just so, like, just beautiful, well-designed, very classy.
1: Well, and that's the thing. Even if I don't end up doing – I don't, at this point, have a project in mind to do this whole chapters concept. But I would use her the product. I mean, it's, you know, stamps and stickers and – Paper and journal cards and washi tape. I mean, I can use all those things in just my regular layout. So, um, and yeah, that's what caught my eye was the actual products first, and then I kind of dug in and saw the concept. But then, real quick today, I saw they're starting to do sneak peeks for like new product lines. Ooh, what did you see? I saw Fancy Pants and then Paige Evans. Okay, this new line. So um, I haven't really dug into them. I just saw them when I was on Instagram this afternoon and. I don't know. I I saw. Let's see. I want to say Fancy Pants has a travel one, and Pages has. I think it's an element. It's like go on an adventure or something. And I saw lots of like map type. Very cool pa- papers. Which I mean, anytime, give me some sort of like diagram. Like I was. I still love in the beginning of books when they have like the little like illustration of like. Heathmore Manor, and this is the layout of the scene of the book. Like I always love those papers, so um,
0: I saw a lot of that. So I'm excited to see the full, the full reveals. I love looking at like close up maps and trying to figure out what place it is. Oh, like so I we saw this On like random supplies. Well, yeah, that, too, or, like, anywhere. Like, I, I've certainly done that on scrapbooking supplies. I think I saw, like, a poster somewhere. It was in somebody's living room. And I'm like, oh, where is that? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I got that at whatever store on Wayfair mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I, like, I took a picture of it. And then I started Googling, like, these, like, street <laughs> names and this river. And I, like, finally figured out where this was. <laughs> you would get along with my husband. He likes maps. We were watching a...
1: a- like a home renovation show on netflix and they remodeled this victorian water tower in south london and you know i'd watch the show and thought it was neat and thought he would enjoy it and so he's watching it and then of course he's on google maps trying to locate where this tower is just to see where it is i'm never occurred to me to do that i love
0: it (laughs) yeah so what are you pumped up about so I've talked several times, I think on the podcast, as well as other places, that I have been playing in this Hobonichi Weeks Planner. I definitely did, because on this last episode with Alyssa, yep. I, I talked about this transition of I, why, as much as I love my Panda Planner, it's just so big right now. Um, so I got this little Hobonichi Weeks, and it's just it's so cute, and I've been loving using the weekly pages for my... Actual plans. It's keeping me on track. Um, but I wasn't, my first attempt at doing a month was June. And I started at the beginning, I thought I was going to use it as a meal planner. But as I mentioned earlier, our meal, our dinners have been really very, very simple. Like it's like chicken and broccoli three times a week, like very, very simple, and minimal. Um, and not always, whatever I would write down wouldn't be necessarily what we had that night because it was more on, we decide at five o'clock, okay, what are we having? And, um, at the end of the month, I'm like, well, I don't want this month to just be like blank. So I took all my extra stickers because, you know, I was approaching July and I had a few stickers left on these sheets and I just put them all over the page. I added little notes about what happened. Um, I, I put, you know, loving the blue apron meal kit, you know, over a weekend I wrote worked hard all weekend. Um, (laughs) On the 29th, I wrote cabin fever is setting in, (laughs) starting to have a little friction because we're all just tired of being in home. Mm -hmm. And I just added all these notes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm doing memory planning. (laughs) Just, you know, it kind of happened organically and I'm like, oh, this is what I want to do and how I want to use these month pages as just these, you know, little notes of things we did, you know, went to the ice cream parlor, whatever. Um, as a way to supplement. Maybe as I'm going back through my, doing project life, I can revisit what did I write that week. I'm not doing it as, you know, I'm trying to be exhaustive and include everything. It's just more like a fun extra. So I really like So
1: why it. do you think
0: that this is working well for you? Because you've tried memory planning before, right? I did. I tried in the very giant uh, Happy Planner Memory Planner. So Happy mm-hmm. Memory Keeping. And that thing is big. And I actually even pulled it out again as I was thinking about this the other day. And I'm like, do I want to try that again? And the answer is no for the same reason it's no to the panda plan right now. It's just mm-hmm. too big. Okay, I don't have the space on my desk to feel like I could just jump into that without clearing, clearing the table, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the same reason we're like six by eight because it could fit on my table. And even 8.5 by 11 fits on my table better than 12 by 12. So smaller is just more natural to me because I don't have to feel like I have to switch gears as much, if you will.
1: And this is maybe a leaving question, but go ahead. since it kind of evolved more organically, do you feel like you had less expectations associated with it or... I oh, feel sure. like a lot of times if you're starting a project, you have this all these ideas of how it's going to evolve and it's going to be so magical and this is going to be the answer to all the problems. And then if it doesn't, yeah, they kind of lose a little bit of enthusiasm for it. But since this just kind of happened on its own, maybe that's just maybe that was the answer. Maybe it was too much pressure on applying it as like this be all and end all type thing.
0: I don't know. Well, in the, the Happy Memory Planner, I mean, the the physical space of it on my desk, but also just the the space of the boxes, I always felt like even with embellishments and stickers and everything, I had to write a lot and mm-hmm. to do it every day. Like, I felt like, because it was one call, three boxes every single day. And I'm like, I don't have that kind of commitment to it. Whereas this, I was able to go through and add, like, fill in three weeks in probably 15, 20 minutes. Oh, Yeah. And I mean, now I'm going to, you know, maybe do it a couple times during the month, the same way I'd approach like December daily. I don't sit down and do it daily. I sit down every once in a while and kind of catch up all at once. And okay. I don't know, like I'm appreciating the sticker sneeze of it all, I guess. Are you including any photos? No, not at all. Okay. Nor do I have any desire to.
1: Well, and that's another because did you... Include photos in the happy planner? Because weren't you, like, sizing them to fit those squares or those boxes?
0: I never got that far. Okay. Maybe that was somebody I else did it I for, followed. like, two, three weeks. Okay. I only used the stickers and and, and my handwriting.
1: Mm-hmm. And I and
0: I appreciate, like, it'd probably be good for me to do that much journaling every day, but it's not something that I've ever been able to keep up with. Yeah. And I just have to learn to accept that about myself. Um. Yeah. No, this is... It's fun. I'm going to just go with it as long as I like it. And then when I want to sh- shift gears, I'll shift gears again. I don't know. Like if I ever do go back to the office, I probably will want to use the um, the Panda Planner again so that I can really map out what's happening in a day. Because I was, you know, spending half a day here and half a day somewhere else. And I needed to figure out where all the pieces fit of that, that puzzle that is a day. But right now it's, I'm here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, I'd say do what works for you. Yeah. And so on that note, I also have had this curiosity. And part of this started when the update happened to the Project Life app this past weekend. Um, You know, the Project Life 3.0 is currently only available for Apple devices. And it includes these editorial templates, which are very minimalist with, you know, one, two or three photos and some journaling. And I'm just, I'm really, obviously, I'm really attracted to that style. That's how I approach my hybrid scrapbooking. And it just really got me thinking about, okay, what if I had an iPad again? My current iPad is was an iPad 3, like, as in third generation, many years old now, cannot be updated, and currently mm-hmm. doesn't have a battery, so you have to use it plugged in. So it's effectively a doormat, a, or, you know, a <laughs> paperweight, a very expensive paperweight. And I'm like, but what if I had an iPad again? And I did... Photo editing in Lightroom, a little Project Life app, and some digital slash hybrid with Affinity Photo, what would that look like? <laughs> and so I this curiosity followed me to like Emily's iPad mini to see, okay, can I just play around just to get a feel for it? Mm-hmm. Well, now her iPad mini is so old I can't I can't update any of these apps on there either. So <laughs> I'm I'm kind of on pause for this. I'm curious you know, I'm thinking about it. I want to take, I want my scrapbooking to be a little more portable outside of my office. So it's not as attached to my work, if you will. Because when I'm in my office, I feel like I need to be doing something productive, like editing a podcast episode uh, and not, you know, scrapbooking for fun. So yeah, that's just kind of on my mind. I'm the back burner simmering right now.
1: Well, I don't think you're long. We have lots of members that scrapbook on their iPad I feel like I just feel like that number keeps growing for sure and maybe they don't and some do it exclusively on their iPad and some will just you know depends on the situation but um it seems like well because now Photoshop elements aren't there you can do that on the iPad too
0: I think it's just it's Photoshop okay not there's not I don't think you can do elements but uh, Photoshop okay. has I believe there's some limitations still and there I mean they keep updating it and adding some things but I believe there's still some limitations that make it not the digital scrapbooker's dream. Um, I
1: think I remember one of the members, Terry, had like shared an article, and there was something about shadowing wasn't. Yeah, um, clearly, clearly, I am totally up on this. I don't, I don't even own an iPad, so I can't even
0: <laughs> tell you. But <laughs> I've like, tried it. Do I need another device? Not really. I, I don't know. So I'm just just thinking about it just trying to i don't know keep i like i, I like this idea we talk about ugh, okay word vomit we talk about marinating on ideas a lot and i'm trying not to make as many impulsive decisions and commitments to projects whether that's like you know projects for simple scrapper or projects for myself and just like wait until i'm you know 99 sure of something rather than oh that's a great idea let's do it <laughs> So let's talk briefly about bucket list stories. And I love having these conversations because then I always go and do the layout next. And this one I've actually already started. But tell me about yours. Okay. So this is kind of a tongue
1: in cheek one. But a few years ago, we had a prompt in the membership and it was right around Christmas time. And the prompt was, I believe. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you could take that very seriously, like, you know, spiritually or political views or whatever you believe, but... I even years ago when we had that prompt, my first thought was the idea of all these things that I range about a little bit when I'm in the car. <laughs> so it's things like always use your turn signals. I believe like when you see an emergency vehicle, you should pull over right away because it's shocking the people that don't. And it's like, I believe you should return your grocery cart to either the store, or the little drop off thing or um, drop off lines. Like our elementary school had this drop off line. And you were supposed to wait to the front of the line to let your child out. And
0: then mm-hmm. you would just, like,
1: pull ahead, right? And then you, yeah. there was always somebody way in the back. I'm sure they were running late, and I, I get that. But, like, they dropped their kid off. Well, then they're trying to, like, drive off while you're trying to pull up from the front of the line. It was just – so it's all – I basically, I guess it's, like, my road rage things. But my kids <laughs> laugh because every time these things happen, I'm, I'm going, like – rage is a strong word, but you know, um, maybe disappointment in my fellow drivers is more. So I always tell them like, when you drive and you see an emergency vehicle, just pull over right away. You don't have to wait till they get closer. Like they don't need to be worried about whether what you're doing, just get over because these are all the things that I apparently complain about in the car. So I think it would be funny. So it could be along the lines of the, I believe, but it could also be
0: kind of like a letter to my daughters, like things you should know about driving,
1: like driving etiquette 101. Use your turn signal.
0: I mean, these are the funny stories, the interesting stories, the ones you that don't always come up. Like you hear that prompt, I believe, you're going to naturally think of probably five things before you think of that. But it's mm-hmm. when you explore these stories more and think about all the different ways you maybe come to one that's like even juicier and more fun to document.
1: Well, and I don't think... Make- Clearly, I have been doing this for years
0: because my kids are out of middle school now. So the fact that I
1: have this big hang-up on, like, drop-off lines, like, it has just always been in my mind. But now that my kids are getting older, they've actually, like, commented to me, were like, oh, mom, you complain in the car a lot. And I was like, I do. And so it's, like, all these things about when I'm driving about and interacting with the world of drivers out there um, that get me fired up, so... Maybe they need to be recorded for posterity or to like print a copy and attach to my child's car when they're out driving around. So they will yeah. never
0: forget. You could even do this as like a little, like one of those little tiny photo books and give it to your daughters when they turn 16. Well, and they'll, they turn 14 next year and they'll get a driver's permit. So, wow. I mean, in
1: theory they wouldn't be like off on their own. Yeah. Um, but in the state of Iowa, you can also get a school permit to drive to and from school before you have your driver's license. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have to have completed – well, and granted, like it's been a long time since I went through driver's education, but I believe you have to have completed driver's education before you can apply for that. You need to make some sort of training has occurred. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So how about yourself? Something – A little less tongue-in-cheek, a little
0: sassy. Yeah, mine is definitely less. So my dad's best friend from childhood passed away five years ago. And his daughter sent around this message saying, you know, she had just had a baby when he passed. And Mm -hmm. so her daughter will never know her grandfather. And so she sent around this message saying, hey, can you share memories of Ted? That was her dad. And my mom passed this along to me, and I immediately had this like list of things that I remembered because he was somebody that that I grew up around, even after we moved to Texas, they were somebody there was a family we always visited when we moved when we visited Michigan. and so I sent her this email and included the best photo that I had from him or had of him. And so I printed that photo out and I'm just going to include what I sent to her in the email. Like here's the memories and like, you know, their number and I'll probably number it on the page as well. And it's basically, I made a layout by accident in just sharing information and and sharing stories with somebody else. And those are some of my favorite pages where you do something just because you're communicating with others and you realize, oh, well, this is totally a scrapbook page.
1: Well, and you were happy in a to observe that, to like make that connection. Right. So I think that's pretty smart.
0: Yeah. And I think I don't, I don't have anything about him in my albums, but I, I tend to get choked up when I think about it. Um, cause you know, he passed away pretty young of a, you know, sudden heart attack and his, his wife had mentioned one of the things that she missed most was his snoring because, mm. and then, so after hearing that, like, almost every night when I hear Steve snoring, I just feel grateful that I get to hear his snoring. Well, and I would imagine you probably saw some parallels,
1: right? If he was such a close friend with your dad. Yeah. And I think that's where it's kind of like once my parents, so, you know, my parents have lost their parents. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of that level of like, kind of we're the next generation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of to see, your dad's friend go that like kind of brings it to light. Like, hey, you know, my dad could go at any time too. So, I mean, obviously, not to make it all about you, but you know, you have your memories of him, but how that probably, oh sure, has such a great impact as well. And it's, and he had children, so I mean, if you would witness kind of their experience of going through that, you'd put yourself in their shoes for sure.
0: Well, I think that's just that's one of the challenges of of getting older. Um, of being in that generation, like I always remember my grandpa, he would always flip the paper over every morning and check the obituaries. And he always <laughs> joked. And I think I would mentioned this before. He always joked like, oh, looks like I'm not dead. I'm not on there today. <laughs> um, but there was a time in which he stopped doing it so like gingerly. He was like, well, shoot. Now it's like all my friends are dying.
1: Yeah. and then My he, grandma that way.
0: It's just a reality. But our, our parents are now getting to that age. And it's it's sobering hmm so all right we need to let's shift gears to maybe something a little more uh uplifting uh last month was get geeky month inside the membership and, and across the community we had a really great your way workshop i think it last month's was particularly like, vibrant and energizing and i'm loving these and i'm loving seeing new faces coming to our your way workshops um but what was your top takeaway from this month so I know we talked about this, I think in our
1: last episode, the idea of like, everybody does this differently and they have different devices, but it really hit home how everybody does things so differently. We ha- would have some questions within the membership that would talk about like, how do you do backup or how do you transfer your photos to your, mm-hmm. um, whatever device they're being stored on. And it just seems like every person had a different answer. It was crazy. So, um. I thought that was very eye-opening because I knew there would be a lot of variation, but I think I was shocked by just how much variation there was.
0: Well, I think that's what makes it, it makes it harder to teach those types of things because it's almost impossible to give a set of instructions that are universal Mm -hmm. or even to create multiple instructions that meet everyone's needs Equally, I guess I mean we even saw that with teaching the bucket list project and trying to give in instructions on how to use Trello for whether you were on a on a on a web browser on the computer or using the different apps it's it's challenging to uh, customize because you don't know what version of the app, what device they're using so it's just it's hard
1: yeah. and like I said, it was something I knew going in, but again just to see it like laid out before me. I was it was still eye opening. I opened my eyes wider. So <laughs> they were open but they got opened wider.
0: Well, I think it's important for us to always appreciate that whether it's the technology they're using or how they're getting from A to B, but even when it comes to the type of scrapbooking they're doing, everyone has a different history, things that they're trying to continue, things they're trying to start new. Um and when you make a recommendation or have a new idea, everyone's trying to put that into the context of what they're already doing. But that's going to look so different for every scrapbooker. Yeah. And some people,
1: you know, what they're doing works. So there's no reason to change. And they're happy with that. and Very go true. forth. Very, very yeah. true. So there's no reason to change. But um, for those people that were frustrated, um, it's nice to be able to have an outlet where you can go and ask questions.
0: Yes. And that, so that connects to my takeaway as well. And I, I'm so proud that we've kind of created this culture in our community, both where it's okay to ask for that help and to say, okay, here's my situation. Here's what I have. What do I need to do? But also that we, in our culture, it's kind of this, um, Expectation of, of self-efficacy, I guess. I don't know what the right word is, but where you feel empowered to figure things out, to Google it first, and to say, "Okay, here's what I've tried. Here's what I know. Can you like fill in the missing pieces for me, or why do you think this isn't working?" Um, and and I, that's one of the things that I just love about our members in our community.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome.
0: Okay, now this is travel month, and I've been so excited about this ever since we said. July 2020 is going to be travel month <laughs> because I've got some backlog of travels that I'm currently working on. Now, we didn't know that we wouldn't really be traveling this month, but we certainly all can appreciate the, the desire to scrapbook our past travels. So I'm curious, how do you like typically approach scrapbooking travel and how much of that do you plan before your trip versus figuring it out after? So... I don't generally plan
1: a lot before my trip. Uh, there have been a few instances. Like last year, I knew I wanted to trial doing photo books, and I thought a trip would be a good time to do that. So going into that, I knew that was probably going to be my outcome. I don't know that it really impacted, it, you know, how I approach the actual trip. Um, I usually take like a big gallon baggie that I'll put all sorts of like memorabilia, brochures, receipts, any sort of like little bits and bobs that I collect away on the trip so I can kind of keep track of that. Um, I will say that one year I did take a traveler's notebook. So I had bought like some a stamp set and some stamps and the traveler's notebook and I had just kind of an idea of how um, each day we do like a little stamp, like we stamped like um, each family member's initial and they kind of write like the highlight of their day or, one thing that they loved about that day so that one I planned a little bit more um but usually I just kind of go into it and take photos and gather memorabilia and just try to enjoy the trip sometimes I will notice patterns um and then I'll try to lean into that like I'd mentioned on another trip like rock cairns you know where they're like Mm -hmm. the stacked rocks I feel like we see those on every trip we go on so now I probably, I think I have like an eye out. So I'm more apt like if I see when I'm going to take a picture, cause then I have like a little collection of all of these. Um, or on our last family trip last summer, we went to Washington DC and my daughter brought a huge stack of books and she had a book with her like at all times. So we, if we were waiting in line at a museum, she was reading her book or if we were on the like Metro, she would read her book. If we were you know, at the restaurant waiting for our food to come, she would read her book. I mean, we were at Mount Vernon and she didn't want to go <laughs> look at something. So she sat under a tree and read her book. So I have, so I noticed that. So I took pictures of all these of her reading and then brought them together on a layout on the page. So I would say generally I don't plan a lot ahead of time. I just kind of see how it evolves, but I do try to stay alert for those types of stories. Cause I really, I always like those ones that kind of have a like a story arc, I guess, mm-hmm. that kind of g- cover like a span of time. So in that case, that was the span of like a week or eight days, as opposed to now the rock Karen ones has gone back to, I don't even know, like when I started those, I think like on our honeymoon, right? So like that's been going on oh, wow. you know, for decades. That's awesome. So, um, so I kind of keep a lookout for those things.
0: Well, but I think just, it just varies. Those types of stories are the ones that kind of differentiate last year's trip to DC versus any other years. Yeah. Cause it's about what's going on in our lives at that time. Um, and I think that makes it really, really interesting. Oh, and I do have a
1: note here that I will generally just take a notebook along or like sometimes it's just like a little, like a little notebook that will fit in like the gallon baggie. Um, and I try to take some notes as we go some years it just depends on the type of vacation. Sometimes I'm so tired by the end of the day, like that is the last thing I want to do. So I'll like do a big brain dump on like, you know, a, the flight home or the drive home or whatever. I'll just try to track like, what do we t- do each day? What kind of stood out to me? And that actually is probably the most invaluable thing for when I do scrapbook it. Cause oftentimes, you know, when I come home, I don't scrapbook that trip usually for like months later. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I can go back and that will spark all sorts of just little memories. Like when we were at the national zoo in DC, like I did not remember this at all, but I had written down the story that we had observed, there were all these school groups there and it was just right. Like these teenagers in charge of like dozens of children (laughs) and some of them were just, it was very organized and just orderly. And then there was this one pair and they think they felt very overwhelmed. And we were in like the amphibian house and then we, we heard them saying like, we lost Eric. And we're like, oh, where's Eric? And I'm sure he showed up. But so, so that's always like our little like, right? The little inside family joke of like, where's Eric? Um, that's so, so funny. <laughs> and I would never have remembered that, but I wrote it down. So yeah. I actually could include that in my scrapbook as part of like our day at the zoo. So again, I did talk about like, the big cats were really active and we saw the elephant do a dust bath and that was really cool. But I also like had to put the tidbit in about, you know, our fellow zoo goers and,
0: you know, their well, their like little kind of random semi-insignificant stories are what's going to get your family to laugh when you're revisiting this book, you know, 10, 20 years in the future. Yeah, I think that's, those are, like
1: I said, those are like those fun things that I do. I like to include. I think and my approach I was gonna say yes. You've had some recent travel,
0: yeah. And I've I've had some. You know, my my trip to Sweden is kind of its own thing, so I'll I'll cover that third. So I've had the most success in the past when I have done like travelers' notebooks before they were called travelers' notebooks. Like Amy Tan had some like mixed paper books, and I created one of my own one year. Like those where I was like documenting just like a few words. I think one of them, I have, I have Instax photos in a little memorabilia, like taped in with washi tape or stapled in. Like I've had a lot of success doing those on my trips Um, I don't always feel inclined to do that. Like it wouldn't have made sense at all for the Sweden trip, but for the trips that I've done it on, I've really enjoyed it and they're, they're very complete and I feel good that I had that. And I was like, Oh, look, I get home and my project is done. That's definitely very satisfying. Um, in contrast, when I've kind of approached a trip with, okay, here's how I'm going to scrapbook it when I get home and I buy my supplies and I have it all set and I come home and then I completely changed my mind. And that's what happened with Disney. Is I, had, I bought all the supplies that I was going to use to scrapbook Disney in 6 by 8 And when I got home, I'm like, I think I'd rather do a photo book. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm really trying to give myself permission now or encourage myself to not plan, like pre-plan any physical scrapbooking that's planning to happen after the trip. Like if it's going to happen on the trip, sure. That's great. You know, even if I only get a third or a half of it done, at least I'm started and I could finish that. But I don't think it makes sense for me to buy physical scrapbook supplies for a trip because then I'm going to take a thousand photos and then not want to scrapbook it.
1: (laughs) Okay. So two things came to mind with that. One is the idea for me, a project that is started is so much easier to finish than like just starting a project from scratch. Very much so. So even if you have a little bit of momentum built, then you you know what you're doing. You just, you know, pick it up and begin again. So I can see how that would be very beneficial. And the other point about not buying all the supplies ahead of time, sometimes, so that's where I have kind of run into trouble, but that sounds a little like exaggerated. But um, if there is a hot line out there that you like, that's a travel collection and you don't purchase it, depending on when your trip is, you might not be able to get that product, right? It might be out of stock. Very true. So I guess, I I don't know, everything comes to Tuesday
0: morning eventually, right? I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You just camp out in the parking lot. So I guess it depends on how attached you are. Because honestly, you know, I don't know that a lot of times I like collections, but, you know, like I must have this collection. But if it is like the perfect collection for this particular trip,
0: you know, that would might be the exception to the rule. Sure. I, I can see that. And I think that, what do I want to say here?
1: They're always making new scrapbook supplies and, and something else will come along, which is really what the answer should be probably. But
0: Well, I mean, there's different directions here. Um, So last week's episode, which as of this recording is coming out tomorrow, um, I talk about that I recommend not choosing travel-themed supplies because they don't always fit with your travels because they tend to include things like airplanes. So what if you drove? Then you have all these airplanes for your trip. Or what if, you know, I I feel like, such a large proportion of travel supplies include pictures or, you know, illustrations of the Eiffel Tower. Well, how many of your trips are to Paris? Not, not you know, like, I actually have one collection of those. It was uh, Kelly Perky's collaboration with Basic Grey that I'm using for my trip to Paris from 2001. But that's the only time I've been there. And that's the only use I'll have for that collection. Okay, so I find that interesting because...
1: Travel lines are actually one of the few like themed lines I generally will do buy. Like I don't, I mean, I'll get like a few like Halloween papers maybe, but Mm -hmm. I'm just as happy just finding like an orange and black paper and making it work. Right. But I do buy travel lines, but I think I'm very selective in the travel lines that I do buy because yes, if they have like, if I'm not going on a camping trip, I'm not going to buy the line that's got like the campfire and the little cute trailer camper thing. Um, and yes, I have noticed the idea. I have not purchased products before because yeah, like we were flying but you know, it was all about road trip. Like well, I wouldn't buy that product then. So, I do buy themed ones, but you you are very correct in um I'm as far as like what the icons, I guess that they're leaning into are
0: Well, it's, it's variable. And so I'm I'm sure um, there's certainly some travel collections that I have purchased. It doesn't mean I never, I never purchased them, but I just want to encourage to expand your mind beyond that, that there may be another collection that fits even more. Um, you know, a couple years ago, like the cactuses were really big. Well, so say you took a trip to Arizona, that cactus collection might work really well. Well, no. And I actually lean more into,
1: um, Colors than I do the theme. So it's a, and that's why a lot of times I do kind of wait to decide what I'm doing until after the trip because I'll look at the pictures and decide, like, oh, like when we went to the Pacific Northwest a few years ago, um, there was a lot of like pinks and greens. Like that was like the pinks and greens and then like outdoor type whatever photos. So like that, those are the colors I leaned into. And luckily that year, I think Allie Edwards had like a travel, one of her monthly kits that. Actually, it was pinks and greens. Um, so I think I that's the one that, that I bought for
0: my Disney trip. Okay. Because I was very, um, like, I'm anti-Disney colors. And yeah. and I'm like, I love this. I love this product line. And I think I bought it, like, in like her sale or something. That's and, when I
1: got mine in the November sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have yep. all
0: of it. But uh, I did not use it for Disney. I'm making a photo book. Still working on it. Um, mm-hmm. I'll use the supplies for other things. But it was kind of short-sighted of me to think that I'm going to scrapbook such a big vacation, uh, in a more traditional manner with so many photos.
1: Yeah. And that, well, and that's a good tip right there is to like, look what, like what you're working with, what are, what is kind of your raw materials and how can you like, what is a realistic end point for that? Or if you, you know, some people like don't aren't necessarily going to include a ton of photos. Maybe they just do a really right, like a big overview. I don't know that I'm that um, disciplined for something like a Disney trip to do like a photo a day. And this is what we did. But um, so, yeah, it kind of depends, I guess, what you en- what you want your end point to be. Correct.
0: Now, for my Sweden trip, I'm actually just not going to mention very much now because uh, my husband, Steve, is going to come on, I think, in two weeks to talk all about our trip and how we approached memory keeping and documenting because this was such this hybrid of vacation and family history research it kind of brought a lot of different like challenges of vast amounts of information in addition to photos and how do you manage that and not forget all of it when it was just just so like just (laughs) raining information on us the whole time and so I found a strategy which is this is an example where I think I got about three quarters done on my trip and my goal is to finish that up before we we record that episode but I have this strategy for how I was able to pull it all together and feel like I'm not going to forget and I'll able to be able to revisit it for future scrapbooking as well as like our future explorations in genealogy so intriguing. I know. Oh, I'm excited. It's, it was such an amazing time. And the approach that we took, i I think is something that other people are going to want to try. So I can't wait to see sneak. sneak peek there. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I want to remind everyone to head to the show notes for this past week's episode, episode 73. You can go to com slash S Y W zero seven three where you can get my 12 tips for travel scrapbooking, including a little bit of a scavenger hunt to find three bonus tips and download our new free guide for travel scrapbooking. So I'm really proud of that whole package of content, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Kim, how do you think refresh will offer a boost of momentum for this month? We you know we do refresh our member retreat four times a year, and I'm excited to pair this with the travel theme.
1: Well, as we're recording this, July has just started, and each week we have like a question on Wednesday that kind of prompts discussion, and it is evident that travel is a hot topic. So yes. travel scrapbooking, um, like I said, that question just went up and We have a lot of discussion going on within it. And I think what's interesting about travel scrapbooking is there are a lot of different ways you can approach it. Um, So I'm thinking that hopefully with Refresh, maybe this can help people innovate or kind of get over some obstacles that they're struggling. Um, So I'm hoping for solutions for people, really.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to have some good conversations and a lot of like light bulb moments as we share different approaches and uncover roadblocks. So if you have trips that you haven't finished or haven't started to to kind of uncover why that might be and how you can move past or through that um, in the future. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting. Um, Oh, go ahead. mm
1: -hmm. I was going to say also within our membership this month, So each month we have a featured artist that inspires our sketches and our templates that our creative team works with. Um, And Jennifer, you are our featured artist this month. Yes. So I selected
0: myself. (laughs) Thank you for the honor. (laughs) No, I loved
1: your, um, the layouts that you guys chose for the templates. I think they will fit uh, a need or a request that has been within our community to kind of have, um, layouts that you don't know, have good space for journaling. Cause I think especially with yes. these, um, you talked about like the bucket list stories and sometimes you want a little more room for that type of story. And so I think that they're going to be awesome. But just to, so we're going to kind of turn the tables on Jennifer. Um, she has already done a My Way interview, which is on episode five. So you can find that at sipplescrapper.com forward slash S Y W zero zero five. But just to kind of refresh Since that has been, what, like 70 episodes ago.
0: I know, it's so crazy.
1: (laughs) So I'm guessing things have changed. What does your memory keeping plate look like now?
0: Well, I think I've mentioned all of these things on podcast episodes, but it was interesting to sit down and think about it for myself. Like, what is it that I'm doing right now? So I'm doing my Project Life photo book, which I'm designing it in InDesign, and that will be sent to Blurb. Um, I'm definitely puttering along with this, but it's like puttering in a good way. We've talked about that with your garden. Just this like doing a little bit here and there. I'm not caught up by any means, but I keep working on it. I keep adding things. I keep working on my photos and it continues to feel good and feel like something that I want to continue doing. Um and I'm I don't think I could have ever done like weekly project life in a physical sense with pocket pages, but this type of, you know, and I think Kathy Zielski teaches this in her scrapbook year, your class, just this like more digital quick oriented one week at a glance. I'm really enjoying that I'm doing these eight and a half by 11 storybook pages, which is what I'm calling them. Focusing a lot on the bucket list stories, but some of them aren't bucket list stories. Some of them are just like little snippets of my life. Um, I'm really still enjoying the hybrid and these are kind of this, I'm basically feel like I'm starting a new series of albums that I have annual albums for several years. And then now I'm starting these series of albums. I'm going to call them storybook, volume one, volume two, et cetera, et cetera, that have stories that are more connected across time. They don't really fit in a single year. Um, and I feel like I'm capturing that year in my project life in a way that I hadn't before, which is why I never did project life. And so I, the balance feels good right now. You know, who knows what that may come in the future, but as of right now, I want to, I want to continue on this path. Um, the memory planning and my Hobonichi, which I already talked about, I'm having fun with that. I never thought I'd be a sticker person. Like I've never, I mean, I was as a kid, but like there was kind of a big 35 year hiatus in the middle there. Um, but I'm having fun with it. Definitely still working on the travel photo books. That's my solution for travel is photo books. Um, I don't want to discourage anyone from doing travel scrapbooking in their own unique way, the way they most enjoy, but that's the solution that works best for me. Um, so some I'm midway through my Disney book and I'll be starting that Sweden book soon. And then I'm also feeling this little itch to think more kind of in a catch up filling in gaps place about these annual albums that I have from 2011 through 2019 um, to go through them, make sure things are organized the way I want them and figure out what gaps and really kind of make a checklist and start kind of I kind of I, working in a more completionist sense. Like, okay, I want to wrap these up um, and also get a little bit of creative play with 12 by 12 done And maybe do some, like, stash bashing in the process of, like, okay, uh, these are a group of supplies I'm not playing with as much anymore. Let's just, like, have some fun, get some pages done, fill in these gaps, and maybe even do it, like, as a batch, like, six layouts at a time. Like, I'm thinking about maybe doing this on a YouTube Live or something where what's it like to make six layouts at once? And I've done that in the past. I've always had fun with it. And so I'm kind of leaning and feeling an itch to do that sometime soon. Well, that, it sounds like you have a, a
1: good balance though. Cause right. It's like the best of, I like, guess not best of both, best of all of the worlds, right? You've got your photo books, you've got your everyday life stories, and then you have like your bigger stories.
0: I, I think so. I'm definitely feeling very satisfied, um, with the, I guess the, the diversity of formats. Like I've, I feel like I've come to this after talking about finding your way for so many years and trying different things myself you know, and and who knows what will stick, but for right now, I feel very, very settled in what I'm doing for sure. Well, it seems, it sounds very inspiring.
1: Oh, thanks. (laughs) And I will say the whole gaps in the 12 by 12 albums. So I do that. Um, well, actually right now I've been doing like the pages, my paper pages have been from 2008. Um, so I've done that where I've gone back and looked at, okay, so what have I scrapbooked and like what stories are left that are like, Specific to this year, right? So I will Mm -hmm. still do like a then and now or compare contrast type story. But if I was doing that in the present day, I would just put it in, you know, like this year's album. But I will go back and I do that whole checklist thing. And it is extremely satisfying because you could, it's almost like tying up that little album with a bow, right? And it's like, this is done. Like it has its home on the shelf and now it can just be enjoyed and you can move on. Plus then you don't have all those weird, like random empty pages and I don't know. I really, I enjoy that approach a lot. So hopefully you find it satisfying as well.
0: I've not like, I've not really ever done it. Like I really feel like there's just, it's been kind of on my back burner, but just to give a sneak peek, August is finishing month. And so I just really made this connection myself And I think that'll be the perfect time to dig in and share that with our community and share on Instagram and everywhere so that to give an alternate approach because oftentimes we talk about finishing in terms of a single project that has a theme but there's other approaches to finishing that maybe get overlooked like these filling in the gaps in an annual album and it goes back to this whole day of like projectifying something making something an actual project putting boundaries on it figuring out what you need to do and then taking that action
1: yeah that projectifying concept that has been huge for me so I've used that for years. And I appreciate and again I have you to thank for that. So <laughs> so going on, what are some things that listeners might be surprised to hear about your scrapbooking?
0: This was this was I mean I, I made this question myself, but I get that. But it was almost <laughs> it was hard to, to answer. I was trying to like rack my brain, what do people not know? So I, I asked a friend for help to see, you know, what may be some things <laughs> that people don't know. And the first one that came to mind is that my stash is pretty small overall. And maybe part of that's just an artifact that I've only been paper scrapbooking since 2011. I started as a digital, digital scrapbooker and I actually currently don't have any digital scrapbook supplies. Um, but I have less than three inches of pattern paper I measured. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I actually feel this compulsion that I really need to go through because there's a big chunk of that. I, it kind of no longer resonates. Um, so I probably could cut that in half and be totally satisfied. Uh, Particularly with these hybrid layouts, I'm not using as much pattern paper as I used to. I love pattern paper, but I'm not, I'm just not employing it as much. Um, But even though my stash is small, I probably have a disproportionately large amount of stamps compared to my stash. And I think I just enjoy stamps. I, you know, subscribed to several like kits over the years that included stamps. And so I just, I have a lot and I do use them and I love them though. I almost exclusively use black ink. Um, despite dab, I try to dabble in color and then go back to black all the time. Well, you recently got colors. Wasn't I did. It our last
1: episode, I think.
0: Yes. We talked about that. And it was like, it's such a, I don't know. I feel like colored ink is so challenging, uh, To to get it just right, I feel like you have to really be committed to the technique and knowing what the result is going to be depending on which ink you're choosing and making sure your stamps are prepped. And I don't know. I'm just not that fussy when it comes to my process. So I don't know. I have it there when I want it. And I'm learning to be less of a perfectionist about the impression that I get. Okay. Um. And I mentioned kit clubs and I, and I enjoy those in general. Like right now I'm getting, the only thing I'm getting is the Daisy week sticker kit, but I like other people doing my shopping for me. And you and I have talked about this a lot is because I can talk myself out of anything. When I fill up my shopping cart, I'll be like, well, I don't really need that. And I don't really need that. And then I'm left with like a few small number of random things like white card stock and adhesive. Um, because I've talked myself out of anything interesting cause I don't really need it. And so it's much more uh, creative for me if somebody else is picking some stuff and said, here, have fun, go play, rather than me trying to pick my own supplies. I think that's a huge, like, know yourself better to,
1: you know, throw in a Gretchen Rubin because I apparently always throw those in there. But that's what they talk about. It's like knowing what works for you. And, you know, you've learned that over the years that if at some point, if you want to create, you have to have supplies to do so. So that
0: is a solution that works well for you. I think we do have a quota of at least one Gretchen Rubin epi- like mentioned per episode. Oh, I'm sure. And I I could probably sprinkle in some more. So. <laughs> so I think with that, the next thing is that I'm probably less organized than I might appear. I certainly do have uh, – I'm more organized maybe than, than many. I don't know. But I did – recently I was – going through I was trying to find a shelf to put some stuff on and I'm like well what is this shelf why does it have all this stuff on it so I pulled it out and it was this giant stack of layouts that I'd forgotten about and half of it was completed layouts ready to put away and I, and I, I thought I was good at this but apparently I'm not um, and then the rest of it were layouts that I haven't finished and I I thought that I had finished these and they were all ones that I created in live crops and I have kind of performance anxiety if you will when it comes to journaling live like I can't I will skip words skip letters just royally screw everything up if I do it with somebody watching and so I set those aside to finish later and I never did (laughs) and so I'm like I really this is part of that kind of finishing goal is to deal with those as the that's kind of the appetizer if you will get those into their albums and then start going through to figure out okay where are the gaps because obviously I can't find the gaps until these (laughs) probably 40 pages go into the albums. Oh, so you mean like a big pile? Yeah. It's, it's bigger than I thought it was. (laughs) Finally,
1: about this, we've talked about this in the membership people. Some people just file them immediately. Like it's so satisfying to them. And, um, that's what I do now. They finish. I, I, I don't, I, I have a spot that I put them And then when they accumulate, eventually I put them away, but. Um, so I'm always, I admire people that do like have that discipline. I don't know why I don't, I think I leave it out for a while to make sure that I don't want to make any changes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's that whole like marination thing. And then when I'm okay with it, then it kind of gets like right now I have two completed layouts laying on my desk. Like I know where they're going. The album is actually in my office with me, like <laughs> with page protectors, because it was one of those film like app ones. Yeah. where I went through and identified the stories I wanted, and I had photos printed, so I slipped them into page protectors. So now it's a matter of just going through and finding them. But I, I still don't do it right away. So I don't know. I guess it's as long as I eventually do it. But Well, it sounds like, you know, you've got you've
0: got a plan in place. So I do. that's a place to start. I think part of that will also be going through this. I kind of have this – I call it the embellishment graveyard. Like if there's something where I don't know where it goes, I put it in this drawer – it's like my crafty junk drawer and I really need to over the, over the years I've gone through it. I've gone through it like on live crops, like pick random stuff. I've uh, found specific categories. Like I removed all the stamps. I removed all the pattern paper from it. Um, like several different categories like that. I found homes, but I need to keep going through that and actually sort the supplies and maybe get rid of the ones that I keep that that are just too random or I, I I'm just never going to use. Um, so that's kind of fits together. And I think part of this, this plan for what I'm feeling this itch to work on.
1: Can you utilize, have you seen crafty Jen
0: Xiao has those like use it or lose it lines? Ooh, yes. Yeah. That would be a fun challenge to focus on. Yeah. I need to, uh, I think anything to, to help me. And what I think, you know, if we have, we have finishing month coming up and then we have, oh gosh, is it, is it technique month where we have stash bash maybe? Is that right? I actually don't
1: know. Cause I
0: was actually thinking about that earlier today that I couldn't remember what September I'm was. I'm going to bring up the master okay. plan here. No, we actually, it's called use your stash month. Well, so we have, perfect, yeah. So August is technically called Simplifying Projects Month, where we're going to be leading a live class of the finishing project. And then September is Use Your Stash Month, where we'll have a week dedicated to using your stash. And so between the two of those, I think I'm really going to make some good progress on these areas where I'm maybe a little more embarrassed about my situation. <laughs> hey, no need to be embarrassed. I think we've all been there. So For sure. So my last thing, and I mentioned this, is I started as a digital scrapbooker, and I have hundreds. I have four full albums of layouts from 2008 to 2011. A lot of those layouts don't have any journaling. It was more of a quantity over quality situation. I was more of a beginning scrapbooker. I was just, I was having fun. I was, you know, playing with supplies, making pages. There are certain, some of them do have some story. But I think if I was going to be a digital scrapbooker today, I would approach it totally differently. And sometimes it almost makes me think I want to go back and revisit that time period. I probably won't, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's missing so much of the underlying. It's very much the surface of what happened in our life, like you know, family birthday parties and Christmas and you know, Halloween, and it's very traditional, but. There's definitely, there was an underlying story there. This is from when I got married and we became a blended family to the time Emily was born. So there was a lot of like transformation that happened in our lives during that time. And it's not documented at all. So maybe rather than
1: looking at it as like going back to redo those times, maybe those are just some stories you can put in your storybook pages.
0: That's probably what, that's a good idea. I like that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like a good fit. Well, and even maybe even doing like a big two-page spread of what was that transformation during that time. Like maybe this is one of my bucket list stories. You could do like columns or like timelines or something. Yeah, this could be a very like structured page. I'm I'm digging this idea. Yeah. Thank you for the live brainstorm. <laughs> we do that all the time on the Zoom crops. So that was always the fun
1: thing. We're like, should I do, you know, the black foam
0: thickers or should I do these gray ones and we always have opinions for you so just ask we'll give you answers and I love that I think that's that's the benefit of even if it's just one other person that you're in community with or you know have a accountability partnership with we've talked about that in the podcast as well that just having that person to bounce ideas off of and get feedback it just it makes you feel like you're you don't have to make every decision yourself with no additional information. Well, and sometimes, you know, there's no like right
1: answer or wrong answer. It's just, you know, what feels right or what feels good. And sometimes maybe it could go either way. So it's nice just to have one other person's input.
0: And I think also you, you've mentioned several things because you know my history and you know the types of things that i'm doing you can pre- knowing that has a value because you can say like hey you haven't maybe like you didn't do so well with that in the past like are you sure <laughs> this is the direction you want to go down um and it, it's a very valid point sometimes like oh you're right like maybe i'm just getting too you know biting off more like Can't you or just getting too excited the same with like I was talking about, I want to marinate more because I know that I'm like, oh, this sounds so fun. I want to do this. And I jump in and then maybe have a false start when you can talk that over with somebody. It's that there's a huge value in getting and like, you know, trying to getting that feedback about "Mm, maybe that's not a good idea. It sounds fun, but maybe not for
1: you. (laughs) Well, within our community, I have to do a shout out to Carol Ann and Natalie because Natalie, historically, would often get excited about projects. And now Carol Ann, shoot, it's always kind of a joke she'll post, like, Carol Ann, do I have permission to do this project? Because she would get all excited and jump into these. And then, you know, sometimes her plate would be quite full. Yeah. So it's nice to have somebody to say, like like you said, like, are you sure is this going to fit your values or what you want to accomplish this yes. quarter? So it's kind of the, what, like the angel and the devil on your shoulder, like your conscience speaking?
0: I I love that though I think that's mm-hmm. that's the value of of people I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I just I think it's it just makes it really rewarding to have that that relationship for sure. Well, and it helps you build connections, right? Yeah, and just like deepen trust. It's not just you know a, a passing interaction. I think we're all very invested in one another.
1: Well, and especially like I. You know, I say we are always willing to give your opinion, but I think anybody on the internet knows enough there's always some anonymous person willing to give their opinion, whether it's asked for or not. So it's nice when you're (laughs) in a community of like trusting people. I feel like we have a very safe community where you can eat. Well, not that it's vulnerable to say, like, should I do the 100 days project? But, you know, sometimes these things can feel like, you know, that they're bigger than they are. And so it's nice to be able to bounce ideas off of people and get feedback from people that are in the same hobby because right, I I can talk to my family, but I mean, my husband knows who Allie Edwards is and he knows who Kathy Zilski is Mm -hmm. and Stacey Julian. Like he knows those people are, but he has no concept of like what goes into creating, you know, a photo book versus a traveler's notebook versus whatever. So to talk to people that are like, you know, in the weeds with you, I think that is really where the value is.
0: A hundred percent. All right, Kim, this has been so fun. Thank you for interviewing me and, and just always coming on and sharing so openly about your experience as well. I love our little chats here. And to all of you listening, you can find the show notes for this episode at simplescrapper.comslash syw074, because this is episode 74. And I hope you come back again next week. Make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast player and remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.